0: Greetings and welcome to another installation of Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series uh, sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted at OU.org, in which in each sub-podcast we study uh, one of the aliyot of the current week's parasha. And my name is Yitzchak Yat-Shalom, and I have been studying parashat mishpatim with you all week. Today we are looking at the sixth aliyah, a relatively short aliyah that comes on the heels of the first presentation of legal material, um, which is from the middle of Parshat Yitro until the, uh, the end of the fifth aliyah that we looked at in the previous podcast. And now Akurash Baruch Hu says to B'nai Yisrael, and when is he saying this? It's a good question. We'll deal with that in the final podcast. I'm sending a malach in front of you. Uh, Baderech to guard you, to bring you to the place. Sounds like, at this point, HaKadosh Baruch is saying, I'm not going to take you there, the Malach is going to take you there. Who is this Malach? Good question. So Rashi, at this point, points out that this indicates that B'day Israel are already told that they're going to sin later on, that's Chet Egel, and that at that sin, they will lose the, Im- the imminent presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hushchina, and instead there will be a Malach, a representative of Hashem as it were, whatever that may mean, who will go before them. Uh, we'll finish these couple of Sukim, and then take a look at the Ramban's approach, that's also picked up by the Rashbam, and it seems like it's foreigner also. Hisham Hisham Tamerbo, you better listen to him, you better be careful, do not rebel against him, Kilo achem kishmi Kishmibikebo, he will not bear your sins, because my name is among him, meaning he is a Malach Hashem, and therefore, you cannot treat him lightly, he will not bear your sins, and you will be hurt. if you listen to him and I tell and you do everything that I have told you, which you understand why this is coming now at the end of the breet, at the end of the presentation of the legal material. if you do all of this I will make your enemies into my enemies, and your troublemakers into my troublemakers. There are two ways to look at that phrase. The simple pshat is, as I said, in other words, that I will consider your enemies, the kananim, whoever you may meet in the desert, whoever it is, as my enemies, and I'll go to war against them. Another way to do it would be, I will make sure to make it clear to you that your enemies are enemies. This is alder Hadrash. I have tia Vecha means I will take your enemies and I will make sure that they are clearly enemies. I'll make them into clearly oivim, so that you do not make the mistake of thinking them friends. This, of course, is uh, the undercurrent of all of sefer shoftim. Um, ki alech malachi lefanecha, where he will go before you. To these lands, but I always use this pasuk because these remember chavkimol chavkimol as a way of teaching some component of tameha mikra of the trope marks. Uh, just a little introduction of a short aliyah, so I have a chance to spend a little time with this. The trope marks, which are the marks under and over the words that are in the printed Tanakh, um, go back to uh, the sixth to ninth centuries. B.C., uh, sorry, CE, in, uh, in Tveria. And the markings that we have, actually we're looking at the t- Tiberian, uh, system. There is a Babylonian system also. And this Tiberian system was chiefly used to mark two things, which are parsing of a sentence and stressing of a word. Wherever the trump mark was, that's where the stress would be. The cancellation is certainly a tertiary concern, how it's sung. However, uh, the, uh, the Tamamikra, are grossly divided into two groups. One is mishartim, servers, and the other is mafsikim, stoppers. And what that means is that some of the trope marks are there to connect the word to the next word. An example is a mercha, or a mapach. And many of them are mafsikim, they're stoppers, and they're telling you that there is some level of a pause at that point, like a pashta, or a zakeif. And the two greatest stoppers that there are, which are called in the language of the medieval commentators, kesarim, are the salik, or pasuk, siluk, or sof pasuk, which is a straight line underneath the word, and indicates the end of a pasuk, and the etnachtah, the etnachtah indicates as strong of a stop and that is in the middle of the of the of the sentence however the middle of the sentence is not a physical middle but rather a logical middle and an example here of where the whole first half of the sentence is one idea and the last word is another idea and you see that the atnachta comes on the word hayyabusi so what's the pasuk saying my malach will come before you and take you to this land this land of these people these people these people these people and these people and I will destroy them. So the first half of the pasuk is saying where you're going to go, and the second half is saying what he's going to do there, or what I'm going to do there uh, to them. Uh, But again, the balance is not one of amount of words, but rather of ideas. Uh, You have to be careful that you do not bow down. We've seen this several times. We'll see it many more times, especially in Sefer Devarim. When you come to the land, do not bow to their gods, do not worship them don't follow their behavior the opposite you should destroy them and destroy their their steels their stone steels used for worship and instead you should worship Hashem Uveirach, Bach, Machavet, Memecha. By the way, Chazal, Lorne, Motzach, Babakama, that that Pasuk, Babar, Temecha, is, is, uh, one source for the mitzvah of Tvilah, Midde, Oreita. Uh, Uveirach, Bach, Machavet, Memecha, he will bless your bread and water. Also in, uh, in Babmatsia, Berech, Bach, Machavet, Memecha, don't read Uverach, rather Uvarech. And there is an allusion to the Bracha before food, in the Torah, perhaps a direct source, I will remove disease from your midst. Okay, now who is this Malach? Which, of course, is the big problem. Rashi said what Rashi said. The Ramban challenges him. The Ramban says that uh, the even though they might have been notified now that they were going to sin, which itself is a very problematic statement, uh, and that uh, because that sort of puts the sin into a different place as opposed to uh, the way that we would generally judge a sin. Perhaps we felt it was predestined and we had to do this and you can't really hold us accountable. Besides that, the Ramban points out that in Moshe's tefillah, which we'll deal with together in Parshat Kitisa, when Moshe davins to Hashem to have the decree removed, he asks that Hashem himself come with us and Hashem accedes to it. So the Ramban explains, and based on the tanchuma, that this Malach is really referring to a Malach who showed up after Moshe's death. In other words, Moshe's prayer... Uh, was sufficient to keep Hashem directly in our midst, whatever that may mean, for the duration of Moshe's life. Afterwards, a malach came. And who is that malach? That's the malach who shows up in Yehoshua, hey, towards the end, when Yehoshua is, quote-unquote, in Yericho, maybe in the vicinity of Yericho, maybe it's in Nevoah, and Yehoshua meets this fellow, and uh, and the fellow says, I'm Sartzva Hashem, and the idea was that this fellow was with us for the rest of the Yehoshuan wars. We, of course, find no mention of him anywhere else in Sefer Yehoshua, but that is what the Ramban points to. And as I mentioned, the Sforno seems to, when the Rashbam explicitly accepts this position, that the Malach here is really a prophecy, uh, not about the current times, but about what will happen after Moshe is gone. And indeed, that's what takes place. Okay, we will, uh, pause at this point and pick up in the final podcast of our series on Sefer on Parshat Nishpatim with the seventh and rather long Aliyah, which will also help us deal with the issue of the, uh, chronology and when this statement about the Malach, uh, took place. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.